So, welcome to the Toot Your Own Horn podcast, episode number four. This is my special guest, uh, Bronson Pasquale. Um, so, tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Well, as I said, my name is Bronson Pasquale. I was born and raised in Honolulu, Hawaii. Uh, I got my undergrad degree at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, studying music education. And right after that, I went to the University of Utah to study a master's in trumpet performance. Okay, I didn't know you went to Utah. I just thought you went to UNLV. No, I went to, yeah, I went right after that. Okay. Um, so what are you doing now? Currently, I am, uh, I'm a trumpet player at the, for the U.S. Army, stationed currently here up in Fort Stewart, Georgia, with the 3rd Infantry Division Band. Nice. Uh, how are you liking that? Uh, it's definitely what I was expecting coming into the Army, but better, if that makes sense. Okay, so you were expecting something not so great? Uh, not, not really. I've, I've heard, I've, I was told, like, you get to play music as a trumpet player, but also be an Army soldier, and that's quite the literal definition of what my job is, and I'm enjoying it. Yes, right. it has up and ups and downs, but in the end, it's, I think it's a great job. Okay. So, I'm sure a lot of people listening would like more information about the army bands or military bands in general. Uh, I feel like there's not, maybe it's not so known that this is a career path you can take as a musician. So, if you could tell us a little bit about what that process looked like for you. Yeah, for sure. So, back in my undergrad, or actually, I was in my master's degree, mm-hmm. <coughs> I was taking auditions for the Pershing Zone. Um, Basically, any military audition I saw available during the time I was taking it, um, and it was actually the field band, per, the preliminary rounds, where I sent to the tape, and unfortunately, I didn't get past the pre-screen tape, but uh, liaison, the band liaison in the, Army, in the Army bands reached out to me asking if I was interested in taking uh, an audition for the regional bands. So it was, it was the peak of COVID, I was getting burnt out from school, and I was re-looking, trying to find a job outside of my master's degree. So I reached out to him, he gave me the information, uh, we planned out the audition date, uh, he gave me the packet, and then I prepared for it. And then by November of 2019, no, 2020 is when I took the audition and I won it, swore in, and I got shipped off to basic in June, right after I finished my graduate degree. Okay, so during that process, what was the most... I guess what was the most difficult part about that process for you? In what way? Like, was the audition difficult? Was there any like, like uh, or was it a pretty easy process to go? Overall, through? it was honestly a pretty easy, smooth process. Mm-hmm. I, like I said, I, I was taking auditions right. for both orchestra and band, so I was pretty comfortable with taking auditions. And right, the fact that, it, in shape. yeah, and the fact that I was in COVID, it was a lot. It was very unique in a sense where it was all virtual audition. Right. So I had to call the liaison on my phone while I'm recording myself taking an audition and because he was technically the proctor to making an efficient instead of like the liaison would tech normally in an army band regional an army regional band audition you'd go or the liaison will come to you and they will do, record it in person with them in the screen so that they have it's proof that's official but because of COVID protocol he wasn't able to fly out so that's why we have to be on the phone and that's how and record through there so, a lot of people don't know that the Army has bands. I'm sure a lot of musicians don't know. Yeah. Um, so, 
what would you say to kids coming out of high school that are interested? Do you think that, would you recommend that they go and just audition, see what it, see, see if they got what it takes and then go into the army for a few years and get college, you know, the college benefits out of it so they can go to college for free or do you recommend the other way around? Where they start off at college, try and get good enough to, to go in. Right. I've, I've honestly been thinking about this because obviously we work, we work with people in our unit that yeah. have had the experience of coming straight out of high school. And I've seen two sides, I can see two sides of it going on. Like, I feel like in the overall, it's really based on how, how proficient they are in their instrument. Like if they're top of their class in their instrument, both all state, they feel fundamentally strong, by all means, go for it. Take the audition. Worst comes to worst, they say no, and you can come back and take an audition later. Right. Um, another viable, I think another viable option for them is reach out to your, no, your local National Guard band. Like, I think that way you're not getting slammed into the full-time job of an army band, but you're still getting the benefits of college, college loan forgiveness and still getting the experience of the, that professional scene in the army band. And eventually, you can, if you really like the job, you can switch over to active duty at any time. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I've thought about that a bit too. I, I, I think you're right. that it's, it's pretty much a good idea to just go for it because you never know. Yeah. You know, especially coming right out of high school, you don't know if you're going to make it or not, but why not take the audition? At the, wor the worst case scenario is they say no, but at least you gain some experience and then you kind of know mm -hmm. where you got to go from there. Yeah, and personally speaking, if I were to tell my high school self, like if I graduate just out, I just got out of high school and I told myself, you're going to be playing the army bands, playing professional trumpet. Mm -hmm. I would, my high school self would probably laugh because he didn't think that he wanted to be a professional trumpet player. Maybe he'll play trumpet as a hobby, but he, that Bronson wanted to be a high school band director. That was his goal. Yeah. And I think that's why I firmly believe like a college degree is very beneficial for a lot of people coming out of high school. Cause you really learn for me, it learned about how to be more dependent on myself and just learning music and learning trumpet like it's where i really got to be able to dial in the trumpet i see yeah yeah for me the experience was i felt the opposite i i i tend to feel like college did the opposite for me and hmm. I'm, I'm not saying this as, as advice for anybody but for me personally it, i would have benefited from just jumping straight into the workforce and auditioning and i i would i would have much rather do that than to have gone through college for so long um just because I personally wasted a lot of time. Yeah, and I, I, and I see, like I said, I see devil's advocate for all of it. It's every, I, in the end, it's everyone's path. And whatever works for you, works for you. Right, yeah, I agree. Um, so tell me a little bit about what it's like on the day-to-day -day for you. I mean, I know we work in the same place, but for, for the audience sake. For sure. Uh, you know, what is the day-to-day -day like? You know, what, what is the work experience like so that people who are interested in this can maybe get a better picture of what exactly it looks like so that, you know, they know what they're getting themselves into because, you know, I, I wouldn't trust a uh, army recruiter exactly. 100%. <laughs> like they, they want it. They only tell you the good things so that you can sign up and they get their, they get their um, quota for the year. And so I'll just give you a breakdown of like a normal, a normal day in the army. Events. So we wake up uh, around six, five, depending on where you live. Mm -hmm. You come into work at PT at 6.30, and you're doing, PT is physical training. Physical. So basically for an hour from 6.30 to 7.30, you're working, either, the way our band works is we do squad, so we work as groups, either 
working out in the gym, going for runs, whatever you guys do as a group, you're basically working out for an hour. And then after that, from 7.30 to 9, you probably do some hygiene, get some breakfast, get ready for the day. Then from 9, you have your first formation with basically, you meet together as a whole unit or a band and you just make announcements, talk about what's going on for the day. And after that, you have what we call, I, I call it the work block from 9 to 11.30 is our first work block. So that either includes our uh, rehearsals, our individual practice, which is great. Like what's the best thing about the Army Bands is you get paid to practice and you they it's implemented into your work schedule. So you don't have to put extra time out of work to practice, which I found amazing. After that, other than individual practice, you also do what we call as um, shop work, which basically in the Army Bands we have to basically run our band ourselves. So we have our administration, we have our supply work, um, we have to uh, work on our operations unit, like figuring out who the missions that we have to play or the gigs that we have to play, organizing all of that. Uh, and yeah, so from there, from 11.30 is our first block. Then from 11.30 to about one o'clock in the afternoon is our lunch break. And after that, from 13 or one o'clock to maybe technically to five o'clock, not always the case, maybe from like three to four is our second work block where we do basically the same thing that we need to get done for the day. And then, okay, and then whenever comes a mission or a gig pops up, we come in and then we do that mission. Okay. Um, so in terms of the work pace, how does that feel? You know, the day-to-day, -day, like, like, you know, some, pay, some, some jobs, let's say, are much slower paced, right? Mm -hmm. Imagine working at, like, the, a post office in some really small town where, right. you know, most of the time you're just waiting around versus like somebody who has a crazy job, like let's say a lawyer who's working 80 hours a week and constantly on the move and doing things. Like where, where does the army lie for you or at least at your unit? Personally, it's, it's hard to really put a specific stable, I guess, flow of time for it, for a workflow because it can be so sporadic. Like one day we could be like just doing shop work and practicing and like it's pretty slow pace. But then there are other days where we're working basically from nine to five on either missions or rehearsals and all that fun stuff. And like sometimes we even work late at night. I remember we've had, we've had jobs, call, in, call time is 2 a.m. to play a ceremony at three. So it's really sporadic and, and like, I feel in the army band, you have to be really willing to be flexible in that sense. Now, when it comes to working outside of the normal hours uh, do you get compensation for that when yeah I think especially as our leadership they're really like adamant about making sure we get our time back so whenever we do have those late night missions mm -hmm. or weekend missions we all we're always get offered a comp comp day where we don't have to either we don't really have to come in or we come in and do whatever we need to catch up on or sometimes you'd be like okay don't have to show up to the afternoon so you don't have to come to PT come in at like one o'clock and then come do your, do your normal work. Okay. Work. So you, so you get compensated in some form of time to for make sure up for the, for the lost time. Okay. Um, so tell me a little bit about what your aim is. Uh, I know that you, you came in, uh, you know, wanting to play trumpet for a living. Uh, so where are you with that and where do you plan on going in the future with it? Currently my plan right now is to basically stay in the army bands. 
hopefully audition for the premiere band. So to, I would love to be in the, the Pershing Zone, either ceremonial band or the field band or the old guard, whatever spot comes up, I will, I will always be taking those auditions. And if I can land that job, that's, that's the ultimate goal. Yeah. But if that doesn't happen, then I will work my way up here in the original bands, hopefully work up for the full 20 years and get full retirement by the age of 45. Okay, sounds like you got that mapped out pretty well. Um, so for the regional, or not the regional bands, the, the premier bands, um, like Parachute Zone and you know some of the jazz bands, what does the audition process for that look like? Uh, basically, the audition, they'll put a job posting out on either social media or they'll email you. Um, mostly, I get it all through social media. I've, I have a lot of friends that are in those bands and they're always sharing it. I'm also militarytrumpetpage.com. They would always post whenever there's a job opening. And with that, the way person used to be is they would do a pre-screening and then they would invite to a live audition. But recently, they have changed over so basically is where we have an open cattle call audition. Basically they send out the list and you um, submit, a, you send them an email and application and they'll give you time to show up and then you come in and take the first audition at whatever time they say to come in. Okay. And uh, these are live? Yes, they're all live. So you have to fly out there on your own dime? Yes. But what's great about in the army bands is that they're, they're willing to compensate in a way that you don't have to take your leave days. Maybe you have to pay for your flight or pay for your mm -hmm. gas, but you're, you can, it's basically free vacation where they will take away your leave. To right, take an audition. so you can go take the audition. Yeah, personal development in the end for us. Right, okay. So is there anything else you want to tell the audience about the army bands, uh, anything in that nature before we move on to more like trumpet related questions? Mm -hmm. Not really. I mean, I'll, if you have any more questions, definitely we can, you can find one to contact me in the end about specifically the army band, but I think I got the big gist of the idea of what okay. the army band entails. All right. Um, we'll put this at the end, but uh, we'll mention it now since you mentioned it. Like, where can people go to contact you if they want more to answer more so questions? So if you, if you want to contact me, I have an Instagram and a Facebook. My Instagram is Bronson P. Trumpet. So at B-R-O-N-S-O-N-P Trumpet. The search definitely just hit me up and send me a message. I'm willing to answer any questions you guys have okay and i'll link that in the show notes as well uh so let's talk about trumpet stuff for a little bit all right i'm yeah. ready for this <laughs> yeah so i've been thinking about what kind of questions i like to ask guests i had one guest before you um and i asked a broad range of questions but let's start off with some simple ones uh what do you do for your warm-up well, mm. I know that's a that's a heavily debated topic amongst <laughs> trumpet players. Right. Whether it's duration, like how long do you warm up for, or what your warm up is, or do you even need to warm up? Right. Like people have opinions about it left and right. So I'm wondering for you specifically, what what do you find, or what do you do? It's funny because the warm up has been such a interesting topic. I like talking about to a lot of people because back in my college days. I would consider a warm-up of my first 45 to maybe an hour session of practice. Like I'm doing all my fundamentals, doing all my scales, doing my etudes, getting, getting my, making sure that my chops feel good, I guess, in a way. Yeah. And then as time progressed, and especially coming here in the Army Bands, that time, frame, that time 
window of warm-up has been getting smaller and smaller mm -hmm. to a point now where I feel my warm-up is just five minutes. Me getting the air to work. Mm -hmm. That's what I've learned. I've noticed, especially in the army bands and like the how flexible you have to be when it comes to the gigs you play, you're not going to always have an hour session before or you might not want to be playing an hour before because you're going to be playing a brass band set for right. who knows for, for two hours yeah. in the in Georgia humid heat like yeah screaming you gotta be, yeah. Then, yeah and it's just like I'm like coming to realize like I I broke down to in my mind I broke down what a warm up is and it's like you're warming up your face or whatever you need to do to make sure the trumpet works it's not if you can play your skills at a certain tempo can you articulate can you if you're flexible that's going to come in time that's that's fundamental work. But the warm-up initially to me is in the air. So what I love doing, honestly, is just doing simple flow studies, mm -hmm. maybe long tones, but mainly flow studies, getting my fingers to work a little bit, but also getting my air to flow. And if and if I can't play a simple flow study, like just the first six notes of the Chico's first um, flow studies, then I go back even further and I go into air. And I just like blow heavy amounts of air wind patterns through my horn just to get the air activated. And then that usually solves my problem. Okay. Um, yeah, I found shorter warm-ups are what I like to do as well. Um, like my warm-ups, five minutes, mm -hmm. maybe. 100%. Um, not even, usually. I mean, sometimes I'll play for like 60 seconds and feel pretty good. But I guess that also depends on how long you're playing for. If you're consistently playing every single day, I feel like you usually know that you're on the right track if it only takes you a few minutes to warm up. Like if you're, cause if you, if you beat yourself up too much, right. Then the next day you got to warm up for a while cause you're like undoing exactly. all of the damage that you created exactly. the day before. And then if it's, or if you haven't practiced in a while, then it takes you 20, 30 minutes just to get your coordination back, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think, I think a, a short warm up's a good barometer for like, consistency and I also think it's like warm-up it's a lot it's a mental game in the end like I feel like the people with the longer warm-ups I don't want to bag on them they have their they have their own reason and I respect that but for me personally whenever I had a longer warm-up I thought about it and it's like I feel like there was a sense of like uncertainty in my playing like I'm playing all of this stuff to make sure that I can play this stuff later on in the day rather right. as I'm getting in as I'm getting older in my career I'm noticing that I just got to trust my instincts. Like it's going to mm -hmm. come out and if it doesn't come out, then yeah. just reevaluate and see what it's like. Oh, it's my air. Like yeah. I've yeah. noticed, especially when I don't, if I'm not practicing for like, mm -hmm. just like hardcore practicing at least like an hour to two hours a day. Mm -hmm. Like I'll see, I'll feel it. Like I will be chirpy or I'll be really inaccurate in my notes. Mm -hmm. I won't have much control and I'll just, obviously I'll get tired quicker. Yeah. But when I'm like, in the zone, I'm, pra I'm practicing daily. Like, I feel pretty good, and I don't have to worry about, like, that the trust. Right. Yeah, I, I can relate to that as well. I remember when I was younger, I would have a longer warm-up, and the same kind of psychological games end up happening in your head where you yeah. start to think to yourself, like, oh, well, I need to do this warm-up. It mm -hmm. needs to be this long. I need to get through this checklist of things that, I've, yeah. that I've arbitrarily assigned to myself when really it's like, do you? Probably not, you know, like you can, it's like what you were saying earlier, like how much do you actually need to get the job done? Mm -hmm. Like we, we like to do a lot of PT in the morning, obviously from our unit and we do weightlifting and I know that my warm ups are different depending on what it is that I'm working out that day. Yeah. 
you know? So my warm up's gonna be different if I'm bench pressing or if I'm squatting. When I squat, I tend to take a little bit more time because it's the movement that I'm less familiar with, right? So I, I do take my time a little bit there and on bench, it's a lot quicker. Mm -hmm. I mean, but in, with trumpet, works kind of the same way. You know, if I'm gonna go play a lead set, like my warm up's probably going to be different than if I'm just playing something else, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's interesting. Uh, do you have anything else you want to talk about when it comes to warm-ups? I, I want to talk, like dive into that. We've brought it, like fit, like uh, working out and like let's. Mm -hmm. I, I kind of want to dive into your like your weightlifting, like your journey through weightlifting and mm -hmm. like how did, where did that come about? And then eventually, how did you relate that to trumpet playing? Because I know we we've been in a deep rabbit hole in conversations about that. Yeah. So. Partly. Most of it happened when I came here. So okay. I, I had been lifting weights and, but a little bit before I joined the army, like, I, but I wasn't consistent, you know, like I would go for five months and then kind of slack off for several months and then mm -hmm. come back to it for two months and just kind of back and forth. And then when I was working out, a lot of it was calisthenic stuff, you know, just push ups, pull ups, like anything you could do with the bar, um, just body weight stuff, okay. you know, and I was never big into cardio or anything like that. But once I got here to Georgia, I got, uh, I told myself that once I was done with basic training and IIT that I would buy myself a home gym. So I bought myself a home gym because I liked the convenience of it. Right. I don't have to drive to the gym. I don't have to wait in line for somebody <laughs> to use the squat rack while yep. somebody's doing bicep curls in it, you know? <laughs> yeah. um, so, so, so I bought the gym and I set it up. And what I found was that my consistency was way better mm -hmm. in terms of adherence to going to the gym, right? So because of that, like, I started getting a lot more, a lot stronger, a lot quicker, a lot more muscular, a lot faster, because it was just so consistent, right? Right. And trumpet is like that in a way where it's, the consistency matters so much. Like I would rather somebody practice 30 minutes a day every single day than to practice two hours one day, no hours the next day, yeah. 30 minutes one day, then not for two days, and then cram in five hours the next day. It's like, yeah. I, I don't think that that's as useful. No. Um, it, and, and, it's not, and the reason it's not so useful is like that might work if you plan that out, right? But that's the point. It has to have some sort of structure to it um, so anyways, I, I learned a lot from lifting and relating it to trumpet in terms of structure and we can talk about that in a second, mm -hmm. but th just physiologically, um, having a good health is going to promote better trumpet playing. Mm -hmm. It has to, because you, your body is the instrument that you're playing with, right? right? Like the trumpet is the extension of that, but you know, your lips have to vibrate. And how are they going to vibrate well if your body is in shambles, you know, from overeating or not sleeping enough or not, you know, having enough uh, liquids. Uh, I, I might have said sleep already. Um, so all of these things matter quite a bit. So once I started becoming more consistent in the gym, well, as you start to get stronger, your body requires more of you. So I started to notice, well, I can't lift as well. I can't follow my program as well if I'm not sleeping enough. Yep. So I started fixing my sleep. 
Okay, then what happened? Well, I start to find out, well, if, I, if my hydration isn't good, then I also can't lift very well. <laughs> so I started fixing my hydration. Yeah. Right. So, and then go down the list. Uh, my nutrition, right? I started cleaning up my nutrition a lot. And then I realized, hey, now I can lift heavier. Uh, and then, yeah, so those were the three main ones. And once I started, and the sleep. For me, that was a big problem. Mm -hmm. I, I used to sleep all kinds of crazy hours. And it's harder with the Army, too, because if, if your sleep is messed up, and you gotta wake up at five o'clock or six in the morning, like yeah. you're gonna have a rough day, man. And your chops are gonna really feel it. So that probably for me is the biggest lesson I learned was just syncing up my circadian rhythm uh, just made trumpet playing infinitely easier. And then once that whole thing was set up, because of the interest in weightlifting, I just wanted to get stronger. So I did all the things that you would have to do to get stronger. And once that happened, I started to realize like, my trumpet playing's gotten a lot better. Hmm. Even despite the fact that my jaw had been bothering me for a while, I've been having a lot of TMJ symptoms, uh, jaw inflammation, and it was uh, like I couldn't play for a while before I wow. before I got in. Wow! Like before I joined the army, like <laughs> I went to go audition. I hadn't played in three weeks. Really? For for my audition. Oh my god! So I was like. You know, like, yeah. fingers crossed going in there because, well, I, my jaw would just lock up for no reason, just Weird. spontaneously. And I'll go into this story some other time, but it was because I wasn't, I, I was playing with too much force and I, mm -hmm. I wasn't playing very effectively. Like the, the idea I had in my head was kind of like just practice more and it'll sort itself out. Right. And that's not the case. Um, so I ended up incurring some damage and inflammation in my jaw. But anyway, so I go into this audition and... Luckily, I was smart enough at the time to think to myself, well, just play really conservatively. Don't go crazy. Just focus. And, 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 and I got through it. You know, luckily, it was a shortish audition. So, you know, if it was, right. 30, if it was like a 30-minute hour audition, I would have been toast. But, right. you know, uh, but I had to take the time off, right? So, so it kind of forced me into thinking about other hobbies, which is how I got into weightlifting in the first place, mm -hmm. right? Or I was like, well, okay, if I can't practice because my job's being crazy, I'm gonna have to put that on hold for a little bit, then let's just work out, you know? And with all of that, I ended up figuring out that, well, when you line up all those things, and your, your health is important, that your trumpet playing just gets better. Um, it gets better because, well, if you're hydrated, you can, you can, your lips will vibrate properly because they're not dried out, right? Yeah. Um, if your nutrition is good, then you have energy, right? So you're strong. And then your nervous, if you get enough sleep, then your nervous system is acting properly. So your, your neurons are firing the way that they should mm -hmm. be firing. And you can execute your, your, your finesse and your strength on the, on the horn, right? Um, so all of those things combined uh, led me to these kinds of ideas. And it, it makes a lot of sense. And I bet if I started adding a lot more cardio to my routine, that endurance would improve as well, you sure. know? Um, just as adding weightlifting has increased my range for sure. And power. Okay. Yeah. Mostly power, um, because of the, the bracing, the abdominal bracing. Right, yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, that, that, so that's kind of how I started to form those ideas, and it, it really makes a difference. I, I know people sometimes get skeptical about that, because they've heard other players that, you know, maybe their health isn't so great, and they sound, but they sound amazing. But imagine how much more amazing they would yeah, sound exactly. if they took care of themselves, you know? Yeah, because in, in the end, trumpet is physical. 
Right. Like it's a physical job. It's a physical job. Yeah. And like if you're not, if your lungs aren't great because mm. you're obese or just you're not taking care of your health, mm. or if you're just not, you're just not. Yeah, if you're just not fit, like you're gonna, yeah. there's gonna be, there's gonna be a difference between someone fit and there's someone that's gonna be um, just not or overweight or just not up to standard. I guess we would say. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. Um, with how do I put this? I've seen a lot of trumpet players who have certain issues, and they practice and practice and have exercises and routines <laughs> and but sometimes that's not the problem you know like sometimes the problem is as simple as you're not getting sleep how are you supposed to get better if you're only getting two hours of sleep yeah right like you what's supposed to be happening during sleep doesn't happen because you're not sleeping enough you know you're supposed to be recovering during that time so imagine you're practicing for four hours busting your face uh breaking down these muscles, these tiny, delicate muscles, and then you're not letting them heal. Yeah. Right? So how are you supposed to build strength on top of that kind of uh, faulty foundation? And I, and I feel like yeah. the reason they do that is because they don't have, a, I think, in the ultimately, they don't have a game plan when they come to, like, when it comes to practicing. Like, I guess they have the assumptions, like I, like you said, practice, 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 it'll, get, it'll fix itself. And obviously, with your situation, that didn't fix, and it honestly made it worse. Yeah. And, like, we again, we, maybe I can go down this, this deep rabbit hole about practicing. Because I'm coming to realize <clears throat> it's it's how you practice is really going to help you influence the way you be a, be a German player. Like, I've gotten into the deep rabbit hole of, like, how to practice. I know people are like, oh, you should be practicing two to four hours a day. And quite frankly, <laughs> I'll be saying no. I personally think no. Two hours, maybe the as at least for me personally, two hours is the most I practice a day. It's because I have a game plan, I'm focused, and I know what needs to be accomplished. And I think before I work started working with you in program work, work weightlifting programs, I've already been doing it, but through trumpet playing. Like I want if I take a shout out, I've been talk. I worked with Brian Beach. He's the principal trumpet of the Alabama Symphony, mm. um, and he's. He's, he's into weightlifting and he found a way to incorporate programming into tournament playing where he built an app trying to talk and the idea of percentage percentage and tempo and percentage and reps progressive overload and how that how you can implement that into your playing and I found that a huge benefit in my playing yeah right I, I've, I've come to this experience uh, independently as well from the weightlifting as well because I started to notice well what happens when you program yourself to weightlift stuff. If you every single day program yourself, which is why you should outsource your programming, by the way, um, uh, maybe not your trumpet programming, but your 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 weightlifting programming. Uh, but if you constantly just add weight to the bar every single week without any sort of deload, right? Then your nervous system is just going to fry itself, yeah. right? Just like if you decided to practice five hours every single day when that's not in your capacity yet, mm -hmm. right? So if you do that and you keep, and, and let's say three of those hours are just lead trumpet like shenanigans, you know, and you're just smashing your face, that's that's not a winning strategy. You have to build up to that, you know? You have to slowly find an intelligent way to get to that amount of practice, you know? If your goal is to practice four hours because you want to get, you, you can you, let's say you you're gonna have to develop the focus right to, to be able to practice for four hours you're gonna have to develop the chops to be able to practice for four hours 
and not only that, but probably the, the discipline, because that's not super easy no. for most people, right? To just sit around every single day, four hours of practice, for no me, matter what. Yeah, for me, it's like 20 minutes in, I'm already starting, to, I, can, I can feel my brain sort of just lose focus and like wander. Mm-hmm. So that's why I really like advocate young tournament players, especially like have a plan, like mm-hmm. figure out what you want to, don't go into practice or mindless. I remember in grad school, where it was, it's just a constant grind of practicing. I would be practicing all day. Get to school, eight o'clock in the morning, do my first session, then go to class, then go do another, then go do another session, go to lunch and then rehearse and then keep rehearsing and then keep practicing. I was fried every single day. And I was like, I was playing principal in both the wind orchestra and the symphony. And like, I was questioning, like, how am I gonna get through two years of college, grad school, and take auditions to graduate? And so that's why I came into the rabbit hole. I was like, I need to really, really evaluate how I practice. And that's where I dove into this programming and trying to find, I guess, my routine of how to practice and get better through the stuff I need to work on. Yeah. And so you like a more regimented approach, right? A more like step-by-step approach in your practice. And I think that's good if that helps you and if that keeps you focused. For me, I do... Similar concept, but executed differently. Um, so when I practice, I go where my focus leads me. Mm. So that's kind of my idea. Like I follow the focus because you're right. Mindless practice will get you nowhere. It will only get you somewhere very, very early on in your, in your trumpet playing because like anything you do is going to get you better, right? Anything you do is going to make you a better trumpet player when yep. you can hardly play the trumpet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But when you start developing, there's going to be a point where you're gonna to have to fix problems. You know, you're gonna to have to really dial into something that's a that's been an issue because, and then not only is it an issue, but you've been programming yourself to play it because you haven't addressed the issue for so long mm-hmm. that your muscle memory is now super ingrained to to do this very particular thing that you're doing. You know, whatever it is, like maybe you're breathing funny, or you're tightening your throat, or your embouchure is off, or your tonguing is not where it needs to be. It's not just gonna magically fix itself because you decided to practice more. Mm-hmm. It's only gonna fix itself if you focus on that very particular thing that you're trying to fix. Yeah. So, so my idea with practicing, uh, you know, af- especially after the problems with my jaw, was just to, to go where my focus would lead me. You know, and at first it was bad, my focus was horrible. <laughs> I would focus for five minutes and like, well, I guess that's all I got today. Yeah, you know? exactly, no, yeah. It's like, it's bad, um, but but the more I practice that way, the more I find myself getting done, especially in a shorter amount of time where, you know, like I'll get in a consistent 30 minutes of practice no matter what. Um, and I've, I, I can get more done in 30 minutes of practice now than I could in three or four hours in the past. Exactly. Like, I feel the same way. Like, like easy, you know, because the whole time I'm focusing yeah. the whole time. And especially when you're measuring things, you know, whether that's how long you're practicing. Uh, I think measuring how long you're practicing is only useful when it comes maybe to endurance, if that's a problem for you, you know, to see like, okay, well, how long can you actually play for? You know what I mean? Like timing that might be useful, but but for me, mostly I like to time how focused I am. So if if I'm in 100% focus and I'm into what I'm playing, then that means it's like a sign, you know, it's like, it's your body telling you that, that, that you're actually relating to the information or that you're actually 
trying to fix it, you know? Um, so, so to expand on that idea that I put out earlier, follow your focus, but follow your focus and fun. Yeah. Is, is kind of more the idea, I guess, because the fun will lead you to focus. Mm -hmm. like if you notice when you're having a good time, you forget about time. You, you're not you're not sitting there counting. All right, I, this is the third hour. Let's go to the fourth hour. It's like that's not how it goes. If you're having fun, uh, then you are focusing most of the time, uh, and it, it'll it'll help you. And and it works the other way around too. So, um, I, I, for me, like when you talk about fun and like follow your focus, honestly, this in my career right now, I'm starting to convert my way that my heavy regimented practicing into that into that mindset. Because I've, I'm noticing when I follow my heavy, like these regimented programs of like, okay, I'm working on these skills and fundamentals and I'm gonna, by the end of this month, I'm gonna be able to play these exercises at a certain tempo, executed to my high standards. It gets to the point like throughout the week when I'm doing these exercises that I go either in autopilot mode or I get careless. Right. And now it's just like, I'm just wasting my time now. It's like, what am I doing here? So I right. I'm like taking a break from that and I practice what I wanna practice. like. Oh, okay, I want to practice articulation for a bit. So I'll pick some exercises, focus on a, focus on something about my articulation, play that. And then eventually most of it is playing music that I want to play. Like I would love, I love playing through recordings of like orchestral stuff or quintet stuff. I love playing through recordings and just playing it down and just like really focusing on the music, the music, the musician side. Mm -hmm. And what I've really, <laughs> side note, like one of the, my favorite things I've been doing lately is playing through Bach transcriptions because of, Honestly, trumpet etudes can only go so far. Mm -hmm. I, I'm like, eh, it's all right. But Bach etudes, like those are fun because one, they're not meant for you. But two, like you really learn like, okay, this is Baroque. How do I make this not sound boring to people? Mm -hmm. And like you really start to dive into like the playing of like vi how violinists would approach it and see how you can apply that violinistic musicality and approach it to your playing, which I find really fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. I, th I think it's... and you wouldn't get to that unless you were following what was interesting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's like, because you're right. I've seen people do this where they'll spend months on an audition and you see them like, it sounds worse than when they first started playing the yep. audition because at around week two, they just got bored. You know, they got bored. So what happens when you get bored? Now you're just forcing yourself to practice this stuff because you think you should be practicing it. And like, it's you're, you're not going to uh, acquire the same results you know at a certain point your mind's just going to tune it out so either you have to find some way actually this is one idea that i like a lot for this problem because obviously you're going to get in a situation where like well what do i do like i have to practice it because i need to get it better there's still problems right but i've gotten bored yeah so what do you do at that moment for me i like to do um something that i read in a book i can't remember the name of the book right now but it's called uh, gamification. Mm, I remember so, talking about this before. Yeah, so yeah. what I do is to get myself to do something that I don't like, I will do something that I do like first, right? So when I'm practicing, all right, I don't wanna work on this Schlossberg uh, exercise that I know I gotta do for a lesson or this etude that I know I need to do for, a, uh, um, for uh, uh, an audition or right. something, right? I don't wanna do it because I've already practiced it and I'm bored of it now but it needs to get better. So I'll practice something that I do like first. All right, let's work on some, this fun lip slur thing, or let's bust out a neighbor salt and, and jam a little bit. Yeah. Or 
play some high notes, you know, that I'm working on, whatever. Um, and then once I've done that, the little bit of discipline that it requires to do the other thing is not as much, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, okay, I've been rewarded. Let's go to this thing. And then you kind of just oscillate those things back and forth. Yep. Something you like, something you don't like, something you like, something you don't like. Maybe that's really difficult at first. Then do two or three things you like, and then one thing that you don't like. For sure. But you have to stick to it. You know, you have to actually, all right, like, you know. Um, the other thing that I think works is to just put it on the stand. You know, like whatever else is on there, just put it, put it on the stand. You know, eventually you'll see it and you're like, all right, I should at least look at it once. <laughs> right. Right. You know, uh, but yeah, if you're getting bored, it's probably because you're doing it too much. You know, like really sit down and, and focus on what the problem is. You know, it, that's the other thing. People tend to want to just run through it over and over and over again. <laughs> and it's, that's not going to get you better. If It'll be a lot more interesting, trust me, if you just pick the part that's bothering you. It's like, what is the phrase that's tri tripping you up or the many phrases that are tripping you up and just focus on one of them. Hmm. And that's, that's all you're fixing that one day, just one thing that you're focusing on. If you can just, that'll just make you so, it, it'll, it'll just help. You right. Know? Like, and then, then you're done. Then you fix that problem. You can move on to the next one the next day or yeah. whenever yeah. you've recalibrated your focus. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like, it's like overall, it's like the overarching thing that I'm noticing, practicing, playing, whatever, performing. It's just like, it's all about your mental, your mental space and like how well you can, like the healthier your mental state is, the better your point needs to be. And like, it's not about like how technically you can play a Clark study or how fast you can single target multiple tongue. But like, if you have the willpower and the discipline in your, to do it, you'll get it done. And if you don't, it's okay to take a break. I've lost, going back into like taking a break. I remember in my grad school, I've had, I was in a real bad rut when it came to multiple tongues. Like I just could not do it mm -hmm. for a while. And I would practice every day either double tonguing or triple tonguing every other day, just keep transferring, trying to just like figure it out. Like I was going insane. It's like, why can't I play Shahrazad? Like, why can't I do all these yeah. awesome rep because of my double tonguing weakness or my multiple tongue weakness. And, but the great thing is I have to go to basic training. Right. I put the trumpet down for 10 weeks, come back and I play obviously in the next 10 weeks I had to learn trumpet, but not picking up trumpet again and more of my, and then I picked up my routine and like my fundamentals. I'm like, Whoa, my multiple tonguing is so much better than it was when I left college. Yeah. And it just blew my mind like how crazy it's like a simple just taking the break will change it. Yeah. Now that's kind of a controversial idea, but one that I agree with. Uh, because you get those trumpet players who are like, no, nah, you got to practice every single day. It doesn't matter what. Basic training, who yep. cares? Like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? no, yeah. <laughs> Not like you can play trumpet in basic. Um, but I also think that you have to take time. If not only for your mental health every once in a while to take some time, but also because eventually the world will put you in a place where you're gonna have to take time. Whether it's something like an obligation, like basic training, whether you get sick, whether, you know, something happens, right? Life's gonna happen at some point and you're gonna need to know how to come back. There's trumpet players that I've seen who the process of trying to come back after a layoff of a couple of months destroyed their playing. Yeah. Because they didn't know how to come back. Everything was autopilot for them. It was just the consistency and the routine that was holding them together. And so when once that stopped, they didn't know how to get back into it because they don't remember what they did to get there in the first place. You know, everything. And 
and maybe their routines are different or their way of thinking is different. Like, you know, they just weren't very conscious throughout the whole process. So they don't know how to rebuild their chops. Um, but I've had the same experience as you a few times where basic training, I didn't get to play for a while. And then also with my jaw, I didn't get to play with it for a while. And I've been able to successfully come back stronger each time. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and that's a delicate process because if you don't come back correctly, you can really hurt yourself. You know, you can really damage your chops yeah. uh, pretty quickly if you don't get back into it the right way. But yeah, yeah, I agree. It, it's, it can be helpful to take time off. For sure. Especially also just even in the short term, you know, if you're a lead player and you're playing lead every single day, you know, and you're really burning your chops up, like, it, it's okay to take a day off. Yeah. You know? Like, I think and that's the other thing. It's just like, be okay with it. I yeah. feel like every, I feel like a lot of, young, especially younger term players, they have the, they have the mindset like, oh, I'm taking a day off. Oh, this is, this is so bad. I feel so terrible about myself. I shouldn't, I shouldn't be doing this. I need to be practicing. It's like, no, yeah. it's a good, it's good. Like, be okay with it. Yeah. It's okay if you planned it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the only reason I think people end up feeling guilty about missing days is because they'll miss the day and they knew that they didn't do it for a good reason. It wasn't because their chops were tired and they needed a break. It wasn't because they, you know, it was because they lacked the discipline to, to practice the way they knew that they should. Mm. Um, but at, at the same time, though, with that mindset, I feel like just be, with, be okay with it. Like, yeah. who cares? It's, but yeah, commit, commit, life, for sure, yeah, for sure, yeah. commit to it, yeah. Yeah, life goes on. Like, yeah, you're going to be, okay. it's not going to be in the words. You're not going to have, you're not going to be not be able to play trumpet the next day. You're going to mm-hmm. play fine. I think nine times out of ten, when you take a day off, you're probably going to play a lot better than you think you are. Yeah. Honestly, that first day I got back to playing was, after basic training, was the most craziest thing in the world. I played, I was like, oh my God, I can play trumpet. And it's like, it feels kind of, it doesn't feel terrible. It actually kind of feels pretty good. Obviously, I didn't have the articulation, but like, overall, I was like, Ooh, this was good. <laughs> right, yeah. That's the other thing that I think it teaches you um, is that when you haven't played for a while and you come back to it, you realize, hey, my chops aren't going anywhere. You know, it's not like some magical thing that is just going to disappear and I'm going to forget how to play trumpet. Yeah. And it's like, that's not what's going to happen, you know? Um, that being said, depending on how much time you took off, the process to getting your chops back is delicate. Yes, and know? I think... The biggest, if I, if I were to give an advice for anyone that does that, especially since we came from basic training, that's like the biggest break I ever took playing trumpet. Take it slow. Like, yeah. don't be afraid to be playing. Like, oh, I'm only going to play 10 minutes a day. That's totally fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's exactly what I did. The first day I got my horn back, I played in the little hotel room for 10 minutes. And that was it. Yeah. And my chops were toast. Yeah, it's like when you go, if you go back to lift, like weightlifting, Oh yeah, uh, I haven't I haven't lifted in like two like a month or so. Let me just go. Let's just go do for PR for like a two, yeah. like a two sixty five squat or something. Like yeah. that's not gonna be a problem at all. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, yeah, I, th- I think people do underestimate how slow you have to go. You know, uh, when you're first coming back from something like that, it's just you know just a few minutes. It's you know, and then the next day maybe a few minutes more, mm-hmm. and then after a week, you know, you're probably playing 20, 30 minutes. You know, just slow and steady. It just, it should feel good. Mm-hmm. That's one of the biggest, well, it's one of the reasons why my uh, face incurred so much damage uh, was that when I was younger, I would always just ignore that. Yeah. I would ignore my face. And that is a huge mistake. 100%. If you're tired, stop playing. Yeah. Just stop. Rest. If that means rest for the rest of the day, then, then stop. If you're in the middle of a, let's say... A rehearsal and you hit that point 
don't stop playing, but be smart about take, it. take things down an octave. Yeah, be smart about it. Be smart about it. Lay off of hard phrases. It's like nobody's going to nobody's gonna execute you because you don't stop. Be the, yeah, don't be the hero. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, it's okay. And if somebody, if a band director or whoever comes up to you and says something nasty, then just tell them, well, I'm not going to, do you want me to play tomorrow? You know, yeah. it's that simple. It's like, nine times I, out of ten, they want to care. Right, exactly. It's like, right, yeah, nine times out of ten, they're not going to care anyways, but you know, it, it, I know it's hard when you're in that situation. You know, you don't want to, you know, you're at the rehearsal. You don't want to let people down. Right. You know, you want to play well. But, man, if you've hit that point and for some reason you mismanaged your practice time or you're just tired that day for whatever reason and your chops are starting to burn and it's, like, not the good kind of burn, you yeah, know, like, yeah, it's just, yeah, like, exactly. you're, like, oh, man, I'm running on fumes and, like, this is going to be a problem tomorrow. My chops are going to be destroyed. Just don't do that. Don't get your chops to that point. You know, it's, like, imagine if you were bench pressing and you finished a two-hour session of bench, oh my God. and you're toast, and your muscles are like just absolutely toast. Are you gonna go and do more bench in a few hours? No. Like no, right? You're not gonna go and bench for a right. few hours, you know. Or or, or my favorite is like people say, you know, they'll, they'll 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 warm down, which includes like 30 minutes of of playing. But it's like if you really destroyed your face that bad and you can barely play, you shouldn't have done that in the first place. But if you did. More playing isn't going to help. What's your, what is your thoughts on warm downs? I have my thoughts and I want to hear what your thoughts are. Yeah, it's like if you're going to warm down, it's, it should be like a few minutes. It depends on why you're warming down. Like to me, warm down feels like you, you, you use too much energy in the first place, which yeah. can happen, right? Yeah, if you're at sure. a live show and you're playing some heavy stuff, you know? But like if, you, if, you have, if you're just practicing, you don't want to get yourself that ramped up like all the time, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and you want to build up your endurance so that during a show you don't have to do that either. But you know, sometimes demands are a lot more when you have to play something and you know, you kind of got to get through it and you're going to do more damage than you wanted. Um, but, but you have to, there's a point of diminishing returns in terms of duration, right? Because you're still playing, right? You're still vibrating your lips. You're still using these muscles after you've already exhausted them. So like, like, should still let them rest. I don't know. I, I, I tend not to warm down very much. Like Yeah, I mean, I'll never forget the back in high school, <clears throat> famous drum player in like the lead drummer world, Eric Mishiro, mm. did a master class. He's from Hawaii and he came down to do a master class for us. That's cool. Yeah. And like one of my favorite quotes from him, someone asked him, he's like, What do you do with warm up and warm downs? He's like he looked at the, he looked at the audience funny, he's like, I don't warm down. I don't believe in that. Just put the horn away, you're good. I'm like I was like one of the shock one of the most shocking advice to get as a high schooler yeah. but then i look back on it, i'm like it's it's true yeah. like what's the point of, i mean obviously yes maybe to refocus there's a there's a just a, maybe to refocus your amateur yeah. maybe that's one thing but like playing for 30 10 even five more more than five minutes like after that i don't know why yeah exactly you're just gonna cause more damage i think yeah, yeah. let me ask you this so what i don't like you've been re we've been talking about like how fitness and trumpet playing, specifically weightlifting for both of us, has mm -hmm. saw benefits in playing our trumpet playing. How would you advise younger players that aren't trumpet players or musicians in general to get into weightlifting? Because I just to take the general stereotype public, most trumpet players aren't going to be weightlifting. They wouldn't know what a game plan is. Like I was lucky enough that I got to work with you here at this band, mm -hmm. that you helped me build a program, and I got to just see the progress of it. I'm six months in, and I'm seeing. The, the benefit of both. Yeah, right. Yeah. So how would you advise that if they don't have a coach or they don't know where, how to start? 
Right. So luckily there's an infinite amount of resources nowadays, right? right? Like whether that's YouTube videos, whether that's, you know, and, and again, depends on what you're trying to get. Uh, but if you're like a beginner beginner and you want to get into fitness of any sort, what I would say first is to follow the fun, you know, idea. It's like, if, if you think that weightlifting isn't fun, then you're not going to be successful at it, you know? If yeah. you, but let's say maybe you're a runner and you like running, then go do that, you know? Um, or you like a certain sport, like something that's going to keep you active and make you strong, you know? Um, I do think that resistance training is good and that even if you don't think it's fun, that you should try it because it's more fun than you think. Mm -hmm. Getting strong is fun. Oh, yeah. You know, like that feeling is, is very fun. Um, and most people don't go into it or don't think it's fun because they just, they've gone a few times and they got really sore. It's, a, it's that consistency thing. Like, right, but I don't get sore in the same way as I used to. And when I do get sore, it feels good, right? Mm -hmm. I think of it and I feel like, oh, like right now my back, my traps are sore and it feels great. You know, it's not, I'm not like, oh no, like I'm sore, yeah. like uh, horrible. You know, your body adapts. So um, eventually you're not going to get the same kind of response. You're not going to be as sore as you used to be, right? Like I, I, my legs never get sore that I can't walk or anything, you know, it's just a slight soreness. You did your job. And it feels good. Yeah. Um, but but to start off, I would say try and learn from somebody who, who who lifts. You know, if you can't find that or you can't afford that, then there's a lot of free resources on the internet, uh, YouTube. You know, just watch people and take the same approach you would take with your trumpet. You know, you're not going to start benching 200 pounds if you can't bench 45, right? right. If or if you don't even know the form. So go in the gym and everybody's usually really nice at the gym uh just start trying it out you know you'll you'll figure it out um and our form is important so before you start adding weight like make sure you can do the exercise yeah i mean like working with sorry with your program like i remember that my first month working with your program like I mean, these, these white feel, it's light. It's okay. I'm not really feeling anything. Yeah. And then I look back on it now. I'm like, I'm so grateful you started me at this lightweight. And like now, like I, it's, I pretty much prevented so much injury if I were to do it now. Like, obviously there's been times where I've been getting a little sore, like real sore, especially my lower back. But up in, from six months into this program, like I definitely feel a lot stronger, even compared to basic training. I remember basic training, like my knees, my legs were just just shocked every day. Mm -hmm. I barely could bend over to do stuff. Right. Like now I can like do a full squat with like my body weight, no problem. Maybe a little tightness, but it's not as bad as it was before. Right. And, and that's one of the things is that you, the resistance training is so wonderful because once you get the ball rolling and once you start building up a good base of, of muscle, you know, it, it will help your joints, right? Mm -hmm. It'll help your joints because you're building muscle and your joints don't have to do as much work and you're building up your nervous system. So you're becoming stronger. And that correlates to health. And then the, the other benefit is that muscle's hard to lose. Like once you've gone a good amount of time and you've built the muscle, it's hard to get it. But once you have it, it's a lot easier to maintain it and it's a lot harder to lose it. And even if you did lose it, it'd be easier to get back the mm -hmm. next time. Um, so yeah, when, when it comes to, to lifting weights and stuff like that, um, I would say just just join a gym, just go to the gym, okay. and 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 then just start start the pro just start the process. Right. Like once you get there, you'll realize the next step. It's like oh well, I don't know how to do this. Okay, well let's look up some videos or 
let's get a personal trainer or maybe weightlifting's not for me let's do some calisthenics I, those gymnastics looks interesting to me i want to learn how to do that or i want to learn how to play baseball or whatever you know like whatever it is that's your idea of, of fitness that's going to get you healthy but also strong um just focus on that yeah yeah i feel like people they want the immediate result the next day and yeah. i feel like especially i think weightlifting really taught me about how to trust like really that Joel and B quote just trust the process like it's gonna you're slowly building up to the moment of getting super like the strong to where you want you can't you can't magically add 100 pounds to your, your deadlift or your right. squat in a day right. or even a week right yeah yeah it, it, it's it's a slow process but at the same time if you're having fun it won't feel that way mm -hmm. like you know, I know that these three years of weightlifting have gone by faster than any time I had, you know, four or five months working out because during those four or five months, I, I was forcing myself, you know, forcing myself and doing more than I needed and it just wasn't fun, Yeah. you know, and as soon as I changed that idea and started making it fun, it became consistent and once it became consistent, it started to compound, you know, and that's really the point you want to get to. I mean, I know if you've ever played a video game, like let's say uh, like a video game where you get like a multiplier, you know, like if, if you don't miss a shot, let's say you get a times two multiplier, times three, times four, times mm -hmm. five, times six. The more times you don't miss in a row, the higher the multiplier goes and the higher your score becomes, right? Trumpet works the same way. Money works the same way. Uh, weightlifting works the same way. If you can get to that point of cons really good consistency, then you're, it will compound, you know, and that's, that's the point you want to get to. But what the problem, most people get into this rut of, I do it for a few days and then I burn out. I do it for a few days, I burn out. I do it for a few weeks, I burn out. I do it for a few months, I burn out. You know, like this inconsistency is what's costing you uh, a lot of, a lot of your gains in all of these domains. For sure. And uh, yeah, you can fix it so easily by just, and, and this is why uh, I haven't, put this out on the podcast yet but like one of the ideas I've been playing around with is less practice more music and the idea like behind it is that well what are you practicing for yeah. so, that you yeah, can, yeah. so that you can play the trumpet for people for as art right as, yep. as music and if you want to do that the objective is not the practicing the objective is the music right the objective is to be the artist to be the musician um, so when you have to remember that when you're setting up any of these systems that you're going to employ, whether that's your mm -hmm. practice routine or your workout regimen, that what are you trying to accomplish with this? I mean, that's the thing that's going to sustain you over time so that the, it becomes a, a process that's interesting to you. Yeah. Because if it's not, you're just forcing yourself and you can only force yourself for so long. Yep. You know? <laughs> I know that. I know that path. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the, the less practice more music idea also has a double meaning because I do think that you can get away with less practice if you're intelligent about it. If you're, right, like if you're focused, then you can get away with less practice. So again, so that you can play more music, you know, it's like, I don't want to practice for eight hours a day so I can play like, so I can play music. I just want to be able to do what I got to do learn the skills that I need to learn, maintain what I need to maintain, improve what I need to improve, and then just go out and play, you know? Yeah. Because 
That's the objective, you know? And, and I know there's trumpet players out there that are probably just practicers. And I think that's the worst kind of mindset to have. Yeah. Because it's like, practice for what? Yeah, it's like, you bring up you bring up something that, it's a good debate that I've, I've come up with, or I've heard, it's like, you hear two, you hear two trumpet players. Mm. One guy can play perfectly every single time. Mm. Or this guy, doesn't play perfectly all the time. Maybe most of the time he plays perfectly, but most sometimes he would miss a note here and there. Mm -hmm. But he's the most musical person in the world. Who would you rather hear? Right, the one with the soul. Exactly. Yeah, right. And I feel like in I feel like in the music world, especially in the trumpet world, we are we get so dialed into just the nuts and bolts of trumpet. Mm -hmm. Obviously, there's a time and place for that. We love yeah. to geek out about it. Yeah. But like we forget about the simplicity of just being not even just a musician, just be an artist. Like this is a form of art. Yeah, we're here to, in the end, we're here to please the audience, not to please ourselves. Like I don't care if you can play a Stockhausen contemporary piece and they can just like grind away from it. Like, right. no, yeah, no it's, like, it's like two people can play that same piece of music and one of them is saying something and the other one's not. Exactly. Right? The other one's just like automaton robot, just yeah, plugging through it with no meaning, no emotion, no nothing, and it's yeah, you don't want to put yourself in that position and. Yeah, so it's important. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, all right, man. I appreciate you having on, being on the podcast. Um, let people know again where they can where they can uh, reach you. Yeah, thanks again for having me. This is a great conversation. I love like us talking about fitness, trumpet. Yeah, and we'll, I'll, we'll have you again. For yeah. sure. Cool. And I guess you can reach me out at Instagram at Bronson P Trumpet. So B R O N S O N P Trumpet. You can also find me on Facebook, Bronson Pascual, B-R-O-N-S-O-N-P-A-S-C-U-A-L. You can either find me on my personal, my personal page, or I think my Facebook page is still up. So if you find that, you can also follow that and just message me through there. Pretty, pretty self-explanatory. Awesome. All right, and I'll link that in the show notes. Thanks for thanks for being on the podcast, man. Thanks for having me, man. It's great. Yep. All right. Cool. Wrapped up. <coughs> Let's go. Let's see. Come on, put your door. You're catching your pretty. Yeah, yeah.